Hey everyone, welcome back to One Shot at a Time. I'm your forever DM, Daniel Locke. And I'm Dan- Fuck. <laughs> Do it again. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome back to One Shot at a Time. I'm your forever DM, Daniel Locke. And I'm Daniel Fuck. <laughs> okay, Daniel Fuck. <laughs> we have a new celebrity guest for our season four. Yeah, it's me, Daniel Fuck. I used to be- I used to be Radcliffe, actually. Oh, okay, what happened? Changed my name legally. Oh, okay. Some- Running with the mob. Oh, okay. Did you- Did you fuck a lot of them? Let's talk about it off air. Okay. We'll, we'll- We'll keep that secret. We'll- We'll- We'll turn to that later on in the season, I they're, guess. They're listening. Oh, you're right. A lot of people are listening. Actually, that's not true. That's like- 12 people listening? <laughs> what a sad realization. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are listening. Oh, yeah. wait. But yeah, uh, welcome back to our season four. This is our episode zero, a little prequel to our season. Wow, season um, four. Yeah, season four. That's great. Unlucky number in a lot of Asian countries, I hear. True, true. Yeah. The number of death. Yep. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. Today on this D&D podcast, where we usually create one-shot adventures for D&D 5th edition from yep. a random prompt. Instead, we're going to really specific. Up. Yeah. I mean, that is, the, that is what we do, right? Yep. Instead, due to a new season, I figure, why don't we try... Doing a character creation with Daniel. Yeah, I think this is this is going to be the season of just trying a bunch of weird formats and doing different stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, let's face it, we're all tired after <laughs> after thirteen or fourteen episodes or whatever the heck we split that into. Yeah, I think everybody's just kind of sick of us making puzzles, <laughs> talking about bullshit. I'm sure we can circle back to it occasionally, but shouting yeah. Richard out. <laughs> we do love you, Richard, quite a bit. And Josh, because he now also listens to the podcast. That's true, that's true. We have two new people listening. A great repertoire of characters for you listeners that aren't Richard or Josh. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, character creation, let's go. Let's yeah, okay, so what it. are we doing? Um, yeah, well, okay, great. Just to circle back, this episode isn't about death. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. It's about birth yeah. of characters and ideas. Ah. Wow. We have to struggle with death during the adventures on a day-to-day. Oh. True, depending on your DM. Yep, for yep. sure. So I figured it might be fun to start this off. I'll present you a concept, and then you have to create a character for that concept. Because that's usually what happens, right? When we play a game, I'm like, oh, I have this fun one-shot. Okay, fun might not be true, but I have a one-shot adventure idea, and this is the prompt that I've created for the story. What do you think about it? Is that usually how we Sure, start? sure. Yeah, okay. I was I was kind of confused, but yeah, no, that actually really tracks. That is... um, I I feel like when I make characters, I don't actually always try to really incorporate this well i guess it kind of depends right if it's mm-hmm. like a fantasy setting i mean if it's just like typical forgotten realm stuff then mm-hmm. i will usually try and like run with a single mechanic and then see what kind of concept i can wrap around that mm, okay. um so like before they had just released unearth arcana which is for those of you who don't know there's like a sort of series of like play test material like not official that Wizards of the Coast designers put out, um, and it can mm-hmm. be anything like new subclasses, class rebalancing, um, stuff like that. So they might like tweak the way a ranger's skill works, and then like uh, release this sort of like playtest material for it, see what players think about it, and then if it's good, then they'll incorporate it into later editions or like later updated uh, rulebooks. Yes, exactly. So I think in that vein, let's stick with like a classic high fantasy. Oh that wait, way- hang on. This is, if you don't let me finish explaining this, it's not going to make sense. So the reason I brought that up is because the the previous character I made was based around uh, one of the Arnorth Arcanas, Arcanas that came out recently that uh, gave some new barbarian subclasses. Mm. Um, so there was one that like turns you into a storm giant. Um, so like when you rage, 
which is like the barbarian class mechanic. Um, instead of like just getting really angry and not taking damage, you turn into a giant, so your size increases, and then um, there's like some fun little flavor damage. Oh, tools. with your owl in, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was like my owl in character. So I think at the time. I don't remember if Owlins also, like, were a new thing at the time. But, yeah, I just, like, decided that would be a cool mechanic, so I kind of, like, built a character around that. Yeah, I think that was right when uh, Strixhaven came out, or whatever that uh, mod- new expansion book came out. Yeah, I think Owlins were new. Yeah, they were pretty much brand new. Yeah. And it was also fun because I think Owlins are considered small or medium, and yeah, you made right. her small, so he just turned into a regular-sized person. Well, no, 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 he... It literally makes your character size large. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, you have, like, 10-foot reach and stuff. Like, you actually get huge. Oh, So it's right. just, like, a giant, like, little burrowing owl, basically. <laughs> yeah, that was the concept. That got big. All yep. right. So we'll stick with the classic high fantasy setting, like I said earlier. And then let's go through your character creation process and how I kind of, like, work with you on that. So I guess here's a blank state. Here's a high fantasy setting. Um, you have to fight goblins, go through a dungeon, and maybe talk to some townsfolk. Uh what does what is your starting point how do you start making a character for yourself uh usually it's always what are the other party members playing so okay. it's always like do i need to be a tank do i need to be a healer do i need to be you know ranged damage or spellcaster yeah um and by healer in D, he means just more damage because that's just honestly how this game works nowadays yeah 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 i mean it's i typically like to have a pretty balanced party just because i like the aesthetics of it so there's mm. a lot of like character identities stuff that i value a lot mm. sort of like what a character uniquely brings to the table i think is like one of the like good points about D's class design mm-hmm. um yeah even the healing is trash <laughs> um yeah so that's usually where i start i i'm like okay is there a class that people need and then is there an interesting way i can like play out that class all right i see i see well in this particular scenario there are no other people in this podcast, so we're sure, going to sure. start with just what you want to do. We'll say they need whatever you want, okay? Whatever you play, they need, all right? Just so you feel more entitled to your character. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, it'd, it'd be interesting to make a class that I typically don't play, because mm-hmm. that's kind of an easy way to like constrain it. So I don't think I've ever really played like a full spellcaster. Like oh. if I'm if I'm playing a spellcasting class, I'll usually play like... A hex blade or something that has like a weird hybrid flavor to it. Mm. So like like the spell slinger wizard class. Or yeah, something. like blade singer and yeah, stuff. Blade singer, yeah, right. blade singer hex blade. Yeah, those are fun. I like. It seems those a like lot. the only creative outlet that there is for like being a spellcaster is just like you're a spellcaster and you also have swords. Yeah, I mean, in a way, there's also like the paladin class that's like yeah, but paladins that... also have swords. Well, they have hammers, right? Nah, I guess they have swords too. They can have whatever the fuck they want. I guess those like arcane archers. Mm. Yeah, they shoot things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what classes do you never play? I'm trying to think. Like, I oh, know I, I never play like straight up spellcasters. Straight so, up like spellcasters. I don't I don't generally play like wizards. Yeah. I don't generally play warlocks. So sorcerers. Do you prefer like the spellcaster that is like very charisma heavy, like the sorcerers, where they have like a lot of bloodline related to their aspects, or do you prefer like the patron aspects of like having a dark deity that works with you? Or do you want to just be an old man that like studied a lot and became a wizard? And like, oh, I'm a smart man. I don't know. Like this isn't, this isn't typically how I would approach character oh. creation. Yeah. So like there isn't really, cause I mean, I guess I don't really usually relate to the sort of like spellcaster archetype either. Do you so, usually start with classes or do you start with a race for your character? I start with class. Class for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then race, uh, as long as it's like, the stat bonuses don't like run counter to the class and then uh it like 
kind of fits thematically, then I'll just pick whatever. Yeah, I mean, usually from my end on a DM, when a character's when a player is going through character creation, I usually try to give them an idea of what they're going to run into for the adventure, whether mm. it's a lot of social encounters, they should be expecting like seafaring battles, sky battles, etc. So they can help kind of build out their class to fit. But in this circumstance, we're going to go the opposite route where you're just kind of blowing stuff up. Ah, uh, well, I guess uh, what is what do you think would be more helpful? Do you want me to provide you an idea of like here's what you're gonna go into? That way, your character design is more fitting for yourself and is easier. Because I don't know if like the constraint helps you build your character, or do you prefer just the free flow? No, I I like the constraints, but I actually usually don't really care about making my character fit into the world. Okay. I Thanks. think it's a lot more interesting. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, just fuck like your world, man. Yeah, fuck you. I'm going to play my Tupac character. <laughs> He's back from the dead for the third <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. He's a just, revenant knight. Yeah. Just dropping sick albums and yeah. flicking it. Yep. And he's really problematic. He's like a womanizer. Oh, gosh. He beats children. Yeah. But yeah he's pro abortion, yeah. apparently, per the rap. Is he? Uh, there's like some rap thing going around on TikTok. People who know, who know. You know, you know. Okay. Bizarre. Yeah. Well, if you know, China also knows. Yeah, yeah, Because sure. they have all your personal data now. Ah, Anyways. Right, cool. Yeah, no, but I, I typically don't, because like, it, it's a lot more interesting for me to make a character and then just see how the actual like role play shapes him rather than being like, oh, I'm going to have this character who is going to do this. Oh. And I'm going to set out to do that. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's sort of like lazy on my part, because it's like, I don't want to design narrative. Uh, but at the same time, it's just fun to like, not know what's going to happen. It definitely feels more on that improv flow because when you come in, it's nice for the DM in some ways because now I don't have to worry about your backstory as much because you're going to be reacting quickly. But I can also see it being very difficult for some people because then they're like, oh, I don't have anything to work off of. Yeah, I know yeah. you individually are really good at this because you just are super funny and have solid improv skills, in my opinion. Stuff stuff typically, I mean, I'm not I'm not agreeing, uh, but like... Stuff, Agree with me, motherfucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tupac is his own man. Okay. But like typically stuff kind of works to a certain point in mm -hmm. in the narrative like your character will like naturally latch on to a certain character sure. or like to a certain sort of like uh morality yeah. through his actions. And I know when we play together we usually have like at least a brief discussion on your character like on the drive over or before the game just to kind of like set in the in. shower yeah in the yeah, shower yeah, yeah. together right right, you know, right scrubbing right. each other's backs yeah yeah extremely japanese very much so yeah, big yeah, yeah. water everywhere it's very humid yeah, and misty. Yeah, yeah you soaping my back with your chest yeah a lot of like lights in very particular areas right. and mist okay. right um great but great. like while we're doing that we do discuss like oh how does your character fit into the game that i made and then it's like oh does it make sense if he's this does he make sense if he's connected to this group or maybe this is how he meets his friends and they were all traveling together beforehand or something like that. Yeah, that that was a much bigger factor in the uh, the detective mystery yes. campaign, especially because it was not Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, uh, would it make sense for me to play like a Russian dude who's like kind of hiding from both like immigration and uh the his, mafia like, yeah yeah his like his like employer basically for sure his ex-employer i guess yeah but we also had a pretty fun one when we did um the wild sheep chase i mean you didn't play through it all the way but your character was just like i always forget i always forget yeah that my dude was just a fucking new york jackass who just <laughs> didn't know magic was real yeah he's just in like this like uh uh what is it like uh, not Shaun of the dead uh m night Shyamalan style village kind of thing where he's just like Yep, I'm in a village and I came out and I have to go collect money. What the yes. fuck? Yes, he was, he, was, he was very Shyamalan-esque in the sense that he lived in a village. Much like 
the village in the titular M. Light Shyamalan's The Village. Yes, exactly. Yeah. See, we connected there. Got deep, it. deep, uh, deep references. For sure, for sure. Yeah. What was his name? Like, <laughs> man, it's funny that you were reminding me of this character. I just don't remember him at all. Never heard of him. Oh, right. And I, I think it was like N E V A, or like maybe it was an H at the end, and then it, but like it, it sounded fantasy as fuck because it was like. I R D I V U M, and it almost sounds like like an exotic metal or something. Yeah, yeah, or like iridium, iridium, yeah, iridium, never iridium, iridium. Yeah, oh my god, that was such a fun character to bring in. Um, okay, so with this character creation, you want to play a spellcaster. We know the big ones are wizard, sorcerer, a technically bard, and artificer, and yep. then also you get your warlocks, and your warlocks, and those, and I guess clerics too, if you and want. druids. Okay, so everything's a fucking spellcaster. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that fighter subclass that has spells? Uh, Eldritch Knight. Eldritch Knight, yeah, and the, Eldritch Knight. Yeah, there's also the uh, giant variation of the fighter, which essentially has rune. They're called rune knights, and they have ah, rune yes. spells. That and was that, also in that one, North Arcana. Yes, and yeah. that thing is busted out of its mind. But okay, interesting. Yeah, so. Which one of these are you kind of veering for? Like, I think so. I've I've never played just like a straight up wizard. Yes, like a dude who's just like I memorized my spells and mm-hmm. my pocket is full of components and I have spell books that if the DM's a dick will burn and I lose all of my spells. Oh no! Yeah. Sometimes if I stare at the DM's girlfriend for too long, he'll <laughs> take away my spell books. Oh gosh! And that makes me feel cucked. <laughs> I blame it on the democratic government. Oh gosh, what a toxic table! Yeah, okay, great. So, um, that's my two. So, my first character concept that I'm gonna pitch to you, um, literally just Tupac back from the dead. Okay, how do you feel about that? I like it. I um, what... oh, you you like it? Yeah, I do you, actually like, <laughs> you it. like that. I do like that. Okay, to be fair, I like everything Daniel pitches for me because they're just so wild. No, no, that was a joke. My other joke pitch is um, is uh, like heavy right wing um like toxic masculinity wizard guy how do you how do you feel about that how do you feel about alt right wing wizard guy uh, i prefer the tupac honestly cuz <laughs> i like the idea that he just like is a necromancer or like a scribe and then he kind of like okay that wraps like these like enchantments into the air that does actually sound interesting what if what if it was like a i hope this isn't like really problematic just be like (laughs) yeah my character's tupac uh but like it actually is really interesting because we can do like a multi-class thing where uh let's you know what let's pull up like the pages for bards and then let's pull up the page for i guess wizard right yeah I assume so. And let's kind of, let's think about this character concept. So he's back from the dead. Yeah, so so why would he be back? I'm, I'm assuming it's something like he was a bard and he was, he had some kind of mission, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, he died in the pursuit of that. Um, and now that he's back, the element that brought him back has something to do with his, like, different powers. Maybe it is like necromancy. I mean, if we're drawing from, like, real world, isn't there, like, a running joke that Tupac is, like, constantly being revived? And, like, he's, like, dead, but he's, like, ah, always alive. Right, like, the conspiracy he, theory that he never died. Yeah, and he keeps dropping new albums and stuff. Oh, right, like, like yeah, his secret music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, like, exists. Supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. I mean, like, that's kind of, like, a real thing, and in some ways you could make it. Well, it's not like real. That. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the oh, idea, yeah. the concept is real. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just, let's just make it clear. Yeah, Tupac is that's actually not, dead. That's not real. There's just clones of him, like Avril Lavigne. Okay, what's happening right now? <laughs> Have you never heard of that one? Oh, that Avril Lavigne was like, re- yeah, you told me about by clone? Yeah. I think we brought it up on this podcast. We brought it up so. in the um, the second episode. 
Oh yeah, probably. The um Inside Job one. Inside Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. I don't know. It's funny to read the weird conspiracy series online, but Right, okay, yeah. So So I, But okay, so going back to like the series part, like I like the idea of a bard who died but was somehow resurrected. In some ways it makes me think of like warlock patron vibes, but if we're going the wizard dynamic, it could be like someone had resurrected him to complete his mission. Maybe he was just like a dire fan. Why don't you show me those subclasses? Um, these are going to be all of the wizard subclasses. Okay, so we're on necromancy right now, mm-hmm. and that was kind of resonating with us already. So let's just read through what a necromancer wizard can do. Yeah. Show me what that necromancer do, girl. So we'll just go with like third level kind of ideas. We'll say your character's probably like fifth level for the adventure, as with a lot of our games. Okay, yeah. Well, I, to kind of take us back for a second, I think the the sort of like listener perspective here is like you know i kind of want to know what it's like to roll a character like what what goes through your mind when you design a character um and when i say listener perspective i mean literally just richard because he's the guy <laughs> he's the guy who asked us to do this <laughs> yep um so shout outs to richard you're welcome uh <laughs> cool aren't you dead <laughs> i'm back from the grave be gone nba specter oh maybe okay okay i think it's actually i'm gonna suggest this but i'm not serious what if I just like controlled the ghost of now? Nah, not okay. I'm not going to control the ghost of dead NBA players <laughs> as Tupac because that's just a little too fucked up. It's a little too on the nose. Okay. Anyways, so yeah. So so let's kind of just like I'm gonna read through some of uh, like what the actual subclass um, like features are because mm-hmm. I think that might be interesting for someone who like doesn't typically play D and D to just kind of know like oh this is what a wizard can do. Mm-hmm. This is what a wizard do. Show me what that wizard do, girl. Show me mm-hmm. what that wizard do, girl. You got cantrips. Mm-hmm. okay anyways um so oh um one thing though really quickly for those who've never done character creation in D 5e most classes have like a base abilities and then they have subclasses that add on additional abilities so for the wizard usually every wizard has ability called arcane recovery which helps them recover their spell slots but then they have like a school that they particularly are trained in for instance this one we're looking at is necromancy which daniel will go over all right you want me to just read this shit yeah, make it funny. All right. Oh, God. Okay. Um, uh, uh, the, sc- the school of necromancy explores the cosmic forces of life, death, and undeath. Like, uh, like my wife. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. You take away from the fact, the joke that it's like not funny. Okay. Anyways. It's just so loud at there. I'm like, what the fuck? As you focus your studies in this tradition, you learn to manipulate the energy that animates all living things. As you progress, you learn to sap the life for... Shut up, shut up, shut the, shut the fuck up, shut up. As you progress, you learn to sap the life for... God damn it! <laughs> I'm peeking here. As you progress, you learn to sap the life force from a creature, like my wife. <laughs> oh, God. As your magic destroys its body... That's Okay, this is pretty hardcore. I didn't actually read this beforehand. Transforming that vital energy into magical power, you can manipulate. Uh, most people see necromancers as menacing or even villainous due to the close association with death. Not all necromancers are evil, but the forces they manipulate are considered taboo by many societies. Okay, yeah. I was going to ask. Um, so, like, in Forgotten Realms lore, in sort of, like, Dungeons & Dragons typical canon lore, um, necromancy is, like, a sort of forbidden art mm-hmm. still. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so here's our... What level do we want to make this at? Uh, I was thinking level five just yeah to keep it out. simple yeah. yeah keep it simple um if we have time we can take it to 10 and see if you want to like evolve tupac but like <laughs> what's this your tupac is evolving b b b b b b now it's five pac oh, oh no <laughs> that's crazy yeah he skipped two evolutions yep three pac and four pac <laughs> 
You just um, like see more pox stick on them. Like, yeah, it's just more, it's more heads. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like the Machamp of <laughs> of dead rappers. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool title. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in making a character, um, you typically get like an additional major ability, so to speak, every three levels. Um, so like for example, uh, like a fighter gets, or I mean, I guess this doesn't this doesn't explain the every three levels thing, but like. Uh, a major ability for a, like a fighter, for instance, is like getting an additional attack every turn, mm-hmm. um, and that's level level five. And then there are some like sort of quote unquote off levels where it's like maybe at level four you just get like an ability score improvement or mm-hmm. you know like some kind of like inconsequential like role playing kind of ability that like doesn't affect combat. It just lets you kind of like experience narrative growth as that class. Yes. Um, th- though, if we're going to multi-class, your character will probably be a little bit more different in this case. Oh, yeah. that's true. That's yeah, true. Which I think well, you let's do. see. Let's see. Maybe he'll just be a necromancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll feel it out. Well, okay. Let's decide. Let's, okay. Because this is another sort of like, uh, actual part of my character creation process, which is how many levels do I have to play with? Yeah. Um, so, so are we going to decide it's just level five? Um, I think in this case... Just to make it a little bit more interesting, because I know Wizard's level pacing is a little bit different from the regular class. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would probably say that we can do a character creation at level 6, and also to make it easier, we'll just assume you're not rolling for your stats, which is another process okay. of character creation. Yeah. Um, It'd be kind of fun to roll stats. You can, but... No, actually, uh, yeah, we'll continue, continue. Yeah, so for those who don't know, rolling for stats is usually done first, and that's how a lot of people decide on their classes, or you can take a point-by system where... You get a set amount of points that you can use, and that sets out how your stat array is. There's more details in the player's handbook. I would just go over that yourself, or just watch any YouTube video. But the concept is, people have to have stats, then they decide on their character. But in this case, we're more focusing on the class creation itself. Right, yeah. Yeah, if you need to know more about D&D, just go to YouTube.com and watch any video. Yeah, okay, fine. Just watch literally anything. Yeah, Mr. I mean... Beast, done, easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like, when you're rolling for stats, the basic rule, I believe, is 40 sticks, Four <laughs> D sticks. Whoa! Look out over yeah. here. Yeah, you throw forty sticks, and then this add... guy's got hockey on the brain or something. Whoa! Look out. Uh, yes, yeah, so roll... was. <laughs> it was uh, Daniel Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Daniel Fuck. I love hockey. Yeah. What are you still doing here? Get out of here. <laughs> I love negging my friends. Uh, I'm from you... New York now. Okay, man. Oh, man. Uh, you need to get a better accent for that. Um. What? I left the room momentarily, but now I'm back after hearing that. Oh, gosh. Get out of here, sir. All right. We don't need that negging now. Sure. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Can uh, you remember what you were saying? Okay. So just the quick process of like basic character creation. Step one. I mean, we should uh, probably... Okay, yeah, we should, we should, yeah, we should we explain sh- this. We should probably we should, explain Yeah, it. we should explain it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 we should explain this. Okay. I hope this sounds so good on the mic. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. I hope this, this sounds so good in post. It's lovely. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 we should explain this. God damn it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this is the process of creating a uh, D&D 5e character. Step one, you either Cut roll- all in a box. <laughs> you throw your dice in that box. And then it falls through the hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is kind of like a dice box. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Kind of greasy, but if it's a pizza box. But... Oh, God. Oh. What are you thinking about? I was thinking of Lonely Island's dick in a box. Yeah, is that not a pizza? No, no, no. It's just a like a gift box. Oh, I probably because you have wa- to make her open the box, and that's uh, the way you do it. I probably just watch too much porn or something. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay. So process, basic process. Uh, getting your stats figured out, picking a race, I believe, first, 
and then you pick your class is usually sure, the process yeah. how it goes. But right, right. the last two can kind of be mixed around, and then you also can pick backgrounds, which kind of give you special abilities and a little bit of ideas of where your character comes from, along with goals, flaws, and ideals. But yeah. we'll go through each one of them as we go. Um, we usually kind of pivot a lot of those things out of there because we have a specific creative process we like to use. But Right, right. Um, for the first part, which is stats, the way you do rolling for stats is 4d6, drop the lowest dice... And that's your stat. And then you get six of those stats and you ass- assign them wherever you want. Yeah. The other option is point buy where you get a certain amount of points and then you can buy the amount of stats you want. I don't remember off the top of my head, which I apologize, but they're in the player's handbook yeah. or just anywhere online by Googling within two seconds. Indeed. Indeed. And also don't remember, don't, I mean, don't forget, um, rolling for dick size. DMs <laughs> all have their own rules for that. Sometimes you just roll a raw D20 uh-huh. and just assign centimeters. Oh gosh. That's kind of more on the wild side. Sometimes you do the drop one, roll four. Yeah. Anyways, not maybe a good you joke. roll a d hundred and two millimeters. I don't know. Um, I don't even know if that's so. Big maximum enough. you would only have a hundred. So the maximum dick size is a hundred millimeters, <laughs> which is wait, how many millimeters? Okay, a centimeter. We're not gonna do some conversion math here. Fuck this shit. Daniel's thinking. I don't know how the metric system works. That's crazy. All right, let, let's spend a minute looking. Okay, up. okay, Google. What is one hundred millimeters in centimeters? Here's what I found for dick size. Oh, that's that's Siri. It's a uh, ten centimeters, hundred millimeters. Well, that's like the direct. Yeah, millimeter okay. to centimeters, like. That. And then ten centimeters is like f- a little over four inches. Uh, it's about like yeah. Okay, 3. so the 9. so the maximum roll is below average. Yeah. Is that below average? I guess I don't know what the average yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on your race, right? <laughs> yeah. If you're like an owlin so or a tenku, yeah. so if you just roll like an Asian dude, <laughs> then you're gonna be rolling that D100 and assigning millimeters. Uh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> I think here. this bit went on this beat this beat bit, which is also a callback. Yeah, it, it went on way too long. It's not yeah. even that funny. All right, cut it. Cut it. All right. So just like they did. Okay, that's too much. We're done. We're done. We're moving <laughs> forward. Okay, we finished. Cut my dick in. Okay, that's okay. That's actually too much. All right. You keep saying that. You keep 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 going. Okay. So we figured out. Uh, we explained how stats work. Now we're on the part that we kind of actually do more stuff, which is classes and creativity. Actually, I guess the first question is: Do the stats, if you roll them or point by, does that affect your character? Yeah, I was going to say a lot of times what. Well, so for me, recently, with, with my characters, I usually wait until I get to the session day of to roll the dice, um, just because it's like more fun to like roll with people around. Uh, and then sometimes that will help me like dictate what sort of personality my character has, because mm. like, sometimes it, you just like get catastrophic rolls, and it's just like, oh, I have nine strength. And you know, like sometimes it's fun to play into that, right? Mm-hmm. Like Especially if you're a wizard, and you're like, okay, well, my dump stat is strength. So I'm just like a weak boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe I have like pretty good charisma and mm-hmm. good intelligence. But like also maybe like my dump set is wisdom. So mm-hmm. I'm just like kind of a smart ass and I, <laughs> I like, don't make good decisions, but yeah. I like know a lot about magic and shit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's kind of like probably the pretty typical wizard stat spread. But sometimes it's like, oh, you know, you do happen to have really good constitution. So you're like a hardy dude. Mm-hmm. And then also you're flinging spells and mm-hmm. slinging discs. Yeah. That's a reference to Frisbee. That, yeah. yeah. No one's going to understand that. Yeah. Destructo disc. Anyways. Ah, bringing it back. Got it. Great. Mark off that bingo card slot. Got that DVZ reference nice, in there. Nice. All right. Yeah. Let's do this. So we, we first have to land on what subclass we want to play. Yes. Um, so Which seems to be Tupac somehow rising from the dead. Right, right. Yeah, so so we would be like a necromancer, probably. 
Um, so we're just going to feel around the spells, or feel around the subclasses, see what speaks to us. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to pigeonhole you into Necromancer Wizard, because that backstory is just like the concept of how your character came to be. It doesn't I have feel to be... more pigeonholed having to play Tupac. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, you know, no, I agree. Um, so yeah, we're going to look through the subclasses, and then if something like really speaks to me, like mechanically... Or, you know, thematically, then mm. we'll go with that. And then that's how, you know, we'll get the ball rolling on exactly what kind of character this is. Sure, sure. Okay, so flashback to 30 minutes ago when we, before we started talking about all this bullshit and then did like a 10 minute rant about dicks. <laughs> um, as one does. As uh, one does. Okay, so we're going back to reading about the necromancer skills. So necromancers, they, you know, work with death magic. It's kind of taboo. Um and so here we go. Here's the abilities. Uh, Necromancy Savant, beginning when you select the school at second level. Um, and the thing with wizards is uh, once you reach second level, then you decide on like a school of magic that you study. Yep. And Necromancy is one of those schools. Yeah, they're the earlier ones that get the subclass. Kind of like Maple Story. You can turn into a wizard at level eight. Wow. Yeah, yeah they really knew. What if that really was... No, because I don't think this is how it worked in second... Or I mean in, in previous editions. That's true. I don't know. Who cares? Yep. Maple story shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so at second level, the golden time you must spend to copy a necromancy spell into your spell book is halved. That's something that I have never really worked with mm-hmm. in D&D, which is like the cost of spell learning and stuff. Yes. Um, so that's, I think that's, this is, this kind of feels like, like the, more of like a flavor thing. Yeah. Even uh, though it has like mechanical implications, like I think a lot of people just skip it. Yeah, it's as a dm who runs these kind of things most of the time it doesn't very much come up because there's a lot of downtime and you're just like it just happens unless they're in a dungeon and they want to do it and then you're like oh you got to save it for later but that's it, it really depends on like how your style of running most of the time stuff regarding spellbooks kind of gets overlooked which right. i guess does affect how the wizard plays because it does make them a lot stronger but yeah i think it's supposed to be sort of like an opportunity cost mm-hmm. to learn spells but um yeah, I mean, like, if it's actually, like, a very involved mechanic and it's pretty important to the identity of the wizard and we're just skipping over it, then just let us know. Yeah. Just I, add us. Yep, add us at one shot at a time on Twitter. Or you can email us at one shot at a time cast at gmail.com. Okay, great. Thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next week. Okay. <laughs> Come on, finish making your character. <laughs> All right, um, okay, so here's, here's the meat of the second level. Uh, at second level, you gain the ability to reap life energy from creatures you kill with your spells. Uh, once per turn, you, when you kill one or more creatures with a spell of first level or higher... Um, so that just means it's not a cantrip, which is basically like a free spell. You don't have to like spend a slot for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you regain hit points equal to quite twice the spell's level, or three times its level if the spell belongs to the school of necromancy. You don't gain this benefit for killing constructs or undead. Okay, that's some interesting flavor. So that already has a lot of like, it really like contextualizes the sort of like features of the class, which is like you drain the life energy of people. Exactly. You kill. Which doesn't feel super Tupac to me. Oh, really? <laughs> but we'll see as we Are go Are you sure on. he doesn't just siphon other people's talents into himself and Whoa, become stronger? Oh, interesting. I feel like we have designed this character before. Oh, it was Terra's. Is it? She, oh, like, in she, a way. She, like, steals oh, yeah, that was like of, the like, bar, talent yeah. from people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, shout-outs to off-mic D&D games we've played that nobody has any context for. Mm-hmm. Except most of the people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> so most of the people yeah. have context for, thank you. Um, okay, third-level wizard optional feature. Uh, let me see. You have scribed a set of arcane formulas in your spellbook that you can use to formulate a cantrip in your mind whenever you finish a long rest and consult these formulas in your spellbook. You can replace one wizard cantrip you know with... Okay, so whenever you finish a long rest, you can swap out cantrips you've memorized. Yep. Um, yeah. So, just kind of flavor, I guess, if your DM, like, really doesn't want you to, uh, 
be able to like swap cantrips mid campaign then i guess that's why that would be optional Mm -hmm. okay uh and then level four is just an ability score improvement nothing too interesting there you can either increase one of your stats by two or get a feat the feat Um, can get quite interesting it gets kind of complicated definitely definitely there's some great websites for feet jesus great instagrams yeah yeah okay real talk feats are like special abilities that your characters get (laughs) that can help them whether in combat or just as a person be abilities they can be like inspiring leaders and they can heal people or they can be good at fighting in taverns which is like a tavern brawler and they have unarmed combat just stuff that um you can add to help boost your character usually in combat but has other abilities too yeah they're like mini abilities basically Mm -hmm. um okay interesting so i guess for wizards it's like oh well well this one yeah well i was gonna say for wizards there's not really like yeah yeah they do get the second level uh like interesting ability thing like choice um but whereas like other classes would typically get their subclass at level three but in exchange they kind of just don't get anything else until level six yeah part i think part of the reason is also just wizards have a lot of spells yeah exactly so So that's the progression yeah yeah anyways okay so uh here's a level six this seems like another like big sort of identifying trait of a necromancer uh, arcane tradition feature at sixth level you will gain a feature granted by your arcane tradition in this case undead thralls mm-hmm. which sounds great sounds very tupacian can revive certain players of a sport that exists what <laughs> revive nba player dead nba player. <laughs> right yes yes uh at sixth level you add the animate dead spell to your spellbook if it is not there already do we want to read what animate dead does this could be pretty pivotal to the identity of my oh of my Tupac character. Holy shit, this is a lot to read. All right, ready? I'm going to power through this. The spell creates an undead servant. Choose a pile of bones or a corpse of a medium or small humanoid within range. Your spell imbues the target with a foul mimicry of life, raising it as an undead creature. The target becomes a skeleton if you choose bones or a zombie if you choose a corpse. The DM has the creature's game statistics. On each of your turns, you can use a bonus action to mentally command any creature you made with the spell. If the creature is within 60 feet of you, if you control multiple creatures, you can command any or all of them at the same time, issuing the same command to each one. You decide what action the creature will take and where it will move during its next turn, or you can issue a general command such as a guard or. Uh, uh, fuck. Okay. It had to stop somewhere. Uh, issue a general command, such as to guard a particular chamber or corridor. If you issue no commands, the creature only defends itself against hostile creatures. Once given an order, the creature continues to follow you until its task is complete. The creature is under control for 24 hours, after which it stops obeying any command you've given it. To maintain control of the creature for another 24 hours, you must cast this spell on the creature again before the current 24-hour period ends. The use of this spell reasserts your control over up to four creatures you have animated with the spell rather than animating a new one. Do I hear two spell slots? Two spell slots. Can I get two spell slots? Level three spell slot. <laughs> Three level three spell slots. Can I get another level four, level four, level four, four, level four spell slots? Anyways, that was my um, wizard auctioneer. How did you feel about that? That's my. I think that's the character I'm going to go with. Okay, a wizard Tupac auctioneer? Tupac auctioneer is what I'm going to call him. Okay, cool. I like it. Um, okay, yeah, so every time you cast that spell, um, which is basically just like animating a pile of bones. Yep. You can target one additional corpse or pile of bones, creating another zombie or skeleton as appropriate. Don't know what kind of situations making a zombie or a skeleton would be appropriate. I feel like that's kind of a social faux pas, <laughs> just creating a skeleton. I mean, on Halloween, it's probably appropriate. You got me. Mm-hmm. You fucking got me. Yeah. And if you're going to like a, you know, family reunion, probably. Sure. You just got to bring your thralls of the dead. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't show up empty handed. You can't be alone. Right. 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 And then this is where you do the sitcom like elaborate. Oh, I have to show my mother that I have a boyfriend because she wants me to marry. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to marry this, this 
councilman. Yeah. So I'm going to put a wig on a zombie. Yeah, exactly. Wacky. Yeah, I want to focus on my work because I'm actually asexual, so. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Not like asexual That's a good take. partners, That's a good but take. whatever. That's not how that works. Anyways, not important. We, this would be a really funny callback if we had not removed the bit about how little we knew about being asexual. Yeah. Oh, well. In a previous episode. This is zero episode, so whatever. Is it? Mm -hmm. Isn't this technically like 13.5? Something like that. Or 13.4? Excuse me? Anyways, we clearly can't do it because we can't even convert centimeters to millimeters. Maybe math is the true magic. Ah. Maybe I should be a mathematician. Math magician. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. Yeah. Anyways, I actually think maybe right here we might want to take a break because I know you as a person do like going deep into the individual classes, and I don't want to rob you of that opportunity when you create a class, right? Because you don't usually just like, and I don't think it's interesting for us to read everything. Let's figure out what you decide on first, and then we'll come back and see your reason for it. How's that? Okay. Here, you know what? I'm I'm just going to to make this a little bit more interesting, in terms of like, let's just find something that sounds cool and then see what we can do with the mechanics of it okay which is something i do sometimes so i'm we're just gonna i'm just gonna like briefly go through every single overview of the subclasses and then we'll see which one sounds interesting enough to uh mess with all right so we're back and daniel started reading through the wizard subclasses all right reading is too hard so i'm just gonna have jesus rn jesus decide for me yeah, we're putting up a random number generator and wherever he gets, that's what he's deciding to play. Okay, there are 13 wizard subclasses. Google has a built-in random number generator now. I'm min 1, max 13, and I'm going to generate. Here we go. I'm generating! Uh, it's 11! Okay. All right, what's 11? We're going to count backwards from the last one. 1, 2, 3. So this is 13, 12, 11. Okay, scribes. All right. <laughs> You're going to count backwards to the classes and then go back to 11. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, I just like making things really hard when it comes to math because they don't understand it. Okay. Okay, so we're going to do... Okay, so we're, we're picking... We're, we're committing to the School of Scribes, and we're doing this for a couple of reasons. One, because it's way too much fucking reading to just be like, hey, make a wizard, and then look through all the subclasses and figure out what you want, and then look through all the spells and figure out what you want. So we're just going to have Iron Jesus take the wheel and then choose that subclass. And then also, I kind of like it like this because... There's something kind of nice about like being like, okay, you're going to make a scribe wizard. You're going to make a guy with a magic book. And then it's it's kind of fun to sort of play around that and see like what kind of weird like thematics you can you can craft around it. True, true. Okay, so I mean, this still could be Tupac. This could be his magic book. This still could be, yep, his his book of rhymes. Yeah, maybe this is me as a DM trying to think of like backstory. It's like, "Oh, this is his book of rhymes, and this is his soul. And he's actually dead, but his body lives on through his music, or his his spirit lives on through his music, creating a whole new character that wanders the world. Right, right. An idea. Why? Why did we even bring up Tupac again? You did. Did I just like say it for no reason? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> uh, okay, let's just. Okay, so I'll blow through this. Um. I- I mean, the only thing you have to do is, like, look at the order. Right, yeah, so read about what it actually does. Yeah, and you don't have to touch on the lore stuff, because, to be fair, like, although that exists, and it's very cool for some people, like, for me, I don't often use the lore of the school, because most of my stuff is homebrewed into my own world. If you're planning to play in the Forgotten Realms, and you want to stay tight in their setting, use it for sure. You want to fucking keep it tight in the Forgotten Realms? Yeah. (laughs) Roll up on my boy Tupac? (laughs) And you can also use it as a guidance for yourself as well for how your character may act or what they think. Yeah, typically what I do is I just I just look at the 
class features and then I, I'm just like, okay, that sounds cool. That sounds powerful. Mm. I, like, I wanted to play a tank class, so here we go. Here's somebody who has a bunch of AC or whatever. Yep. Speaking of the guys with a bunch of AC, your dad. <laughs> cool deep cut. Probably going to get deep cut from the pod. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think, only like... <laughs> okay, well, let's list out the people in your, li- in your life that know your dad that listen to this <laughs> podcast. Number one, me. Yeah. Number two, Josh. Great, great, great. Yep, um, yep. Which Josh? Which Josh? Oh, uh, Seattle Josh. Seattle Josh. As opposed to? Arizona Josh. Great, great. Contextualizing this this cast of characters for our for our listeners. All right. Yeah, it feels bad because like that's not usually how I refer to him. I refer to him as like Amazon Josh, but I feel like I'm gonna have to cut ah, that. Ah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seattle. He lives in Seattle. He works for Amazon. His name is Josh. You can literally just like look up an employee list and then um, probably figure the out who he is. Yeah. And then you can be like, you're that guy that gets talked about on that unpopular podcast. And he'll be like, you got me. <laughs> I'm doxxed. <laughs> That's probably all will happen. Yep. Okay. Anyways, um, good bit. Good bit. Yep. All right. Here we go. I'm going to read about what you get as a wizard in the Order of Scribes. Yep. That's all lore. That doesn't matter. This is the stupidest sentence I've ever seen. <laughs> what does that say? Magic of the book. That's what many folk call wizardry. So that's that's the first line in the description of this subclass. Anyways, okay, here we go. You get wizardly quill. As a bonus action, you can create a you can magically create a tiny quill in your free hand. Um, it has some random properties. Doesn't require ink. You okay? So you can copy spells into your spellbook faster. I don't really know the mechanics for that in general, but yeah, I mean this is basically just a flavor thing. Yeah. Um, you can erase anything you write with a quill if you wave the feather over the text as a bonus action. Provided the text is within five feet of you. Okay, that actually, I mean, that might have, like, useful implications. You mm-hmm. can, like, kind of do that magic ink thing. Like, those magic pens that everybody had in third grade. Yeah, yeah. As a dungeon master, when I hear, like, this is the class he wants to play, and these are his abilities, I try to think of, like, oh, what puzzles or encounters can be implemented that matches this person's abilities. That way he feels like the class choice was impactful, and he feels like there is something he can use outside of just going blow this shit up, which is also fun, but sometimes a little extra is always nice. Yeah, great DM tips. Yeah, I mean, really quickly, I can just be like, oh, you have to send a secret message that people can't see, or, like, if you get something and there's guards checking you, and they're like, oh, you gotta hide this, like, um, what is it, like, your handler sent you a request to kill this man or hunt down this uh, politician, and you have to race him, and then you get nabbed, and you're like, oh, you gotta hide your notes or some shit. Boom, there yeah, you go. Yeah, great. Love that. Love that. Just quick options. Yeah, quick options. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's what being a DM is all about. Mm-hmm. All right, anyways. Uh, okay, so that's what, that's one thing you get at second level. And then the other thing is called the Awakened Spellbook. Um, usually using specially prepared inks and ancient incantations. Oh, you forgot. The quill disappears if you die. Oh, shit. If you die in the game, your quill dies in real life. Mm-hmm. Great reference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so the quilt disappears if you create another one or if you die. Great. Yep, just dust itself. Yep, we're good. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Keep rating. Here we go. I, Mr. Pen, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I didn't deserve that. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I like that a lot. Okay, well, now I don't feel bad. <laughs> Sometimes you just get free laughs. Free laughs. That's what many folk call wizardry. <laughs> all right anyways that maybe that's my character <laughs> just an old, old towny oh man what if you're just like a comedian this is like your joke book and they're your spells oh wait okay 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 sell me a little more on this idea okay. what are you feeling so um 
you died as a rapper and then came back to the living and then you were like, oh, maybe I have to be a comedian. I can't rap. Or oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I died as a rapper mm-hmm. and uh, I manifest, my spirit kind of manifests through laughter. Mm-hmm. So I got to like tell jokes to kind of like stay corporeal. I Is like- that cool? So, yeah, maybe because originally like your rhymes were so like hate induced, they're like you the gods who mm, brought you back were like you must bring laughter into the world in opposed to the amount of hate that you brought originally. Oh, oh, okay. This is feeling a lot more warlocky, but I think uh I mean there's no need to tie it to the game mechanics, right? That's true. Okay, so so um I mean, and again, this is backstory. It's like someone brought you back and then they restricted you to these aspects. It's like, right, oh, this right, is your right. character backstory. Yeah, okay. Right. I do, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Is there, so let's let's decide here, do we want to go like the pure comedy route where it's just like, you were a rapper before, but ha now you got to make people laugh. Yeah, you could or just is it kind of like, too. Yeah, right, right. Or or is it kind of just like, you know, you, you had a mission mm-hmm. and in life, you you know you did this with your words Mm -hmm. and now you need to you know like bring happiness bring joy to people yes yes i like i like the latter it's kind of the same thing but Mm -hmm. but the implication of like you had this this sort of like vendetta and Mm -hmm. now um i like somebody needs you somebody once needed me to make the whole world laugh okay um so but so it's like but i was in a fucking tool shed i don't know nice cool that's right. it that's where your stand up that's what we call this room actually the tool oh. shed i mean there's a spell for wizards later on where they get like a magical house okay and i think it's like uh it's like morning kind of oh, hidden mansion or something mansion yeah, yeah 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 and that could be your tool shed where you do all right. your stand up and it's yo and it's because we're we're both tools yeah yeah and then we this is the room we record in yeah. so it's the tool shed mm-hmm. great I don't remember what we... Oh, right. Okay, so so the, the concept is probably going to be something... I said, yep, what a concept. Great Smash Mouth references. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Fuck, I can only think of lyrics now. I can't. Um, uh, so, so, so the character concept will be something like some deity requires your kind of like your wit for like a specific purpose the deity's name could just be body this could just actually be a smash mouth joke oh, that's for your character interesting 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 on a side note as a dm this is also really fun when you can work with your players to implement a very long con joke right and then bring the other three players in at the very end and see their reaction because that is super funny for me okay 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 so here's what it's going to be um my deity's name is going to be Sumbad. <laughs> and my my intro line will be like Sumbad. He once told me the world was gonna roll me, and when I died, he brought me back so that I could instead bring I don't know joy to the world. The world. Yeah, great. Another Chris. song reference. Perfect. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so the the concept will be something like it'll kind of skirt the skirt the. <laughs> The realm between okay. like being a total joke and being like kind of cool, mm-hmm. which I think is like basically everything we design on this show. Where yeah. it's just like, wow, that's really stupid. Why would Elsa be wrestling grown, <laughs> fully grown muscle men? But it's like, oh, cool. There's a, it's like a necromancer. Okay, yeah, why not? Great. If we just removed all references of the WWE and Frozen <laughs> from this, it would actually be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, big ask, but okay. <laughs> Solid adventure. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, I'm liking that. So so with that in mind, let's read through the rest of these abilities, and then okay. we'll see if we want to cut it off at third class and then do some kind of subclassing, multi-classing, mm-hmm. or if we want to just uh, have him be like a sixth level wizard. Yeah, sure. Okay, so anyways, wow, I realized we never even read about like the core feature of this, <laughs> which is you have a book. Okay, so at second level, you get an awakened spellbook. Using specially prepared inks and ancient incantations passed down by your wizardly order, you have awakened an arcane sentience within your spellbook. While you are holding the book, it grants you the following benefits. You can use the book as a spellcasting focus for your wizard spells. Um, so, like, technically in D&D, mm-hmm. to cast a spell, you need, like, a focus, which can which can be, like, you know, like a little object or, like, you know, uh, amulet, whatever, like something representative of another god mechanal, or something. Yeah, yeah, another mechanical aspect that most people glance over, but it right. can be devastating if it's lost or affected. Right, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, you can use it as a DM. You can, you know, like, wrestle away their focus or something. But, yeah, anyways, so you, you can use the book as a focus. So as long as you have the book, you can cast spells, basically. Um, when you cast a wizard spell with a spell slot, you can temporarily temporarily replace its damage type with a type that appears in another spell in your spell book. Okay. Which magically alters the spell's formula for this casting only. Um, the latter spell must be of the same level as the spell spot spell slot you expend. Okay. This is interesting. So it means basically you can like if you have fireball and like cone of cold, then I don't know if cone of cold is just a wow thing or if it's actually in It's in here. Okay. Yeah. So you can like Say, like, okay, I cast Fireball using ice damage, which can be useful, right? Like, if you need, you know, like, a big AoE spell, but the thing is resistant to fire, then you can switch it up. Yeah, you can shape it differently, and it'll do more damage, stuff like that, for sure. Mm -hmm. Cool, okay. So, yeah, that seems pretty useful. I don't really know how it ties into the fact that it's a magical book. I don't really understand that, but... I think the idea is that because you're a scribe... Like, I'm just shooting the shit, but you can alter the spell's writing like on the fly really quickly. Ah. So you're rewriting the spell as you're casting it so that it can have, you know, acid damage or fire damage. Or okay, I damage. like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, and then the third bullet, when you cast a wizard spell as a ritual, um, which is taking like an extended amount of time, usually like 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes um, to cast a spell, you don't have to use a spell slot, which is like your pool of available spells. You can use the spell's normal casting time rather than adding 10 minutes. Oh, you add 10 minutes is, is how you ritual cast. Yep. Once you use this benefit, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Okay, so basically you can cast a spell for free as long as it's able to be ritual cast. Mm-hmm. If necessary, you can replace the book over the course of a short rest by using your wizardry quill to write arcane sigils in a blank book or a magic spell book to which you are tuned. At the end of the rest, your spellbook's consciousness is summoned into the new, into the new book, which the consciousness transforms into your spellbook. Along with all its spells, if the previous book still existed somewhere, all the spells vanished from its pages. Okay, cool. I wonder if this is uh, what they used for Fia's character in the second season of NADPOD. Oh, now that be. I'm reading this, because mm. she was, I think she multi-class wizard. Okay. Anyways, if you listen to NADPOD, there you go. I know none of you do, because I know all of you who listen. <laughs> I listen. I'm just slow. True, true. Mm-hmm. Let me know when you're done with campaign one, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and level six, Manifest Mind. You can conjure forth the mind of your Awakened Spellbook as a bonus action while the book is on your person. You can cause the mind to manifest as a tiny spectral object hovering in an unoccupied space of your choice within 60 feet of you. The spectral mind is intangible and doesn't occupy its space, and it sheds dim light in a 10-foot radius. It looks like a ghostly tome, a cascade of text, or a scholar from the past. Great, mm. love that, love that. While manifested, the spectral mind can hear and see, and it has dark vision within a range of 60 feet, so basically it can make out what is happening in like the dark. Mm. whereas if you didn't have dark vision you could not 10 seconds in heaven right what make out in the dark anyways never mind sorry yeah it's lost on me all right 
Lost on me like someone without dark vision in a cave. <laughs> the mind can telepathically share with you what it sees and hears. No action required, okay? Whenever you cast a wizard spell on your turn, you can cast it as if you were in the spectral mind space instead of your own using its senses. You can do so a number of times per day equal to your proficiency bonus. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest, okay? As a bonus action, you can cause the spectral mind to hover up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can that you or it can see. It can pass through creatures but not objects. The spectral mind stops manifesting if it is over 300 feet away from you, if someone casts a spell magic on it, or if the awakened spellbook is destroyed, if you die, or if you dismiss the spectral mind as a bonus action. Once you conjure the mind, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest unless you expend a spell slot of any level to conjure it again. Okay, so basically it sounds like you get a familiar. Yeah, like a, yeah, essentially a, a familiar to yeah. an extent. And it can fly up to 30 feet. You can cast it 60 feet away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sheds dim light. And you can c- communicate with it telepathically. Yep, and it and gives then you, you dark vision if in case your character doesn't have it. Yes, and you can cast spells from the location of the book rather than from your location, which can be intru- which, which can be useful if you have like area spells around you that you don't want to like get up in the mix for. Yeah, or if like the room has a lot of walls or flanking mechanics, those are the things now I'm like, okay, so clearly he needs these options. Maybe he wants to peek through the window or through a chimney to cast right, spells. Right, if you need line of sight or something, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so how are you feeling about this class so far? It's not super interesting, like, mechanically to me. Like, it doesn't really speak to me. Okay. But, so how this, this, this feels like it would tie in really well to our character concept, which is, like, you are brought back because of, like, your sort of scholarly, not scholarly, but, like, kind of, like, linguistic wit. Mm-hmm. But, and there's, I think there's something really cool there to tie into the fact that now your tome is, like, a conscious thing like a mm. living being yes um so how are we feeling about that i i assume it would be something like i mean it it feels sort of like superhero-esque or i guess it would be more like magical girl-esque <laughs> where like you suddenly have a sidekick kind of thing that like doesn't really fight but it's like it like guides you yeah um i can see that being cool to use like in a campaign where um your sort of like character arc is you know like being this book and like being guided towards or being guided by this book towards some kind of, you know, objective or um, some kind of, like... Greater calling of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, being being told maybe even to, to like, take out certain people, mm-hmm. certain evildoers or whatever. Because mm-hmm. in a way, like, this book could essentially just have googly eyes and be like, yeah. Right, exactly. Let's start making people laugh. And it gets stronger and stronger. And then maybe the book is evil and it has teeth in the end or some shit. I don't know. It could be, like, the Necronomicon or something crazy. But... Yeah, okay, so... I guess it would be what what I'm kind of feeling out here is whoever summoned me, or I mean whoever brought me back, mm-hmm. uh, would be. Are, well, I guess first off, like, do you want to stick with like the resurrection concept for your characters? Yeah, I like that. I like okay. that. I think um I think it's interesting. I think uh it's it's very re- reminiscent of so I've been playing Gotham Knights recently. Yes. And I've been getting real deep in DC lore and uh, Red Hood, who's in that game, is like Jason Todd. Yeah, Jason Todd. He he was a Robin. He got killed. And they brought him back in a Lazarus pit, and then he eventually becomes like a vigilante again. Mm-hmm. He's the most lethal Robin. He's yes, the edgiest He do one. just be shooting people, kind of like Tupac. <laughs> kind of like Tupac. It's all okay. coming. It's all coming together. Cool, cool, cool. Um, no, it just kind of reminds me of that. So, so I guess what would happen here is my character used to be okay. You know, let's do this. Let's roll my stats. You want to roll it? Okay. Yeah, and then let's decide our... I, I think we can kind of decide what sort of backstory I have based on what stats we have. Clickety-clack-clack, clack, this is getting edited. Yep. 
Okay, so we pulled up a random dice roller website uh, just to roll Daniel's stats to help him build his character because it did matter in the end. So what he ended up getting was 8, 13, 14, 14, 15, and 16, which are actually, it's a pretty good, it's actually really high rolls, like, across the board. Um, yep. How much that affects his character development, we'll see. So, um, so how it do looks you like, spread your stats out? Yeah, so basically it looks like we're going to have pretty high stats across the board, and then uh, one stat that is, like, we're, ex- like, exceptionally bad at, like, below average. Yep. So if I was, like, actually building a character to play with, I would do this kind of tactically, so... Let's see what kind of race this is going to be. Yeah, what race would you like to play? You can honestly play anything at this point, but high int races are often like your elves, your gnomes, blah, 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 blah. But D&D also has custom lineage now, so you can kind of move your stats wherever you want. So if you wanted to play yeah. Kenku, you could. So like, his the character sounds like he's sort of like chip on the shoulder, sort of he feels misunderstood. He might have like some kind of vendetta um you know like something he resents which feels like sort of like elfish to me that would kind of fit i think i don't i can't i don't really see him being like a sort of monstrous race mm-hmm. so none none of like the non distinctly humanoid races maybe tiefling yeah very edgy high charisma oh yeah i actually really like tiefling okay yeah why don't you Describe a tiefling for the audience. Okay, so tiefling are like a mixture of like a human with devil horns, probably the edgiest class of or edgiest race that exists within D and D five e. Generally, they have high charisma and one other stat block. And the idea from a lore perspective from the Forgotten Realms is like somewhere down the line in their ancestry, someone fucked a demon or somehow they made a deal with a demon of the nine hells. Okay, that, okay, that's and then that <laughs> infuses their essence. Uh, through their generation. You're talking about essences in, like, cum? <laughs> You're talking about, like... Spit, blood, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, Essentially passing it on to the children, which is you nowadays. And often they're considered, like... I don't want to say lower class, but they're considered, like... They're um, ostracized. They're ostracized, Yeah, exactly. like, they don't look human. Um, They have, like, demonic origins, so they're... Yeah, so people are, like, suspicious of them. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There actually is... Okay. Their infernal heritage has left a clear imprint on their appearance. They have large horns, take any variety of shapes... Uh, they have thick tails, four to five feet long. Jesus, that's long as hell. Mm-hmm. That's really long. Uh, they lash or coil around their legs when they get upset or nervous. That's really cute. Mm-hmm. They have canine teeth that are sharply pointed, and their eyes are solid colors, black, red, white, silver, or gold. No visible sclera or pupil. Interesting. I never really read into like the official kind of like mm-hmm. appearance of what the Wizards of the Coast think a tiefling looks like. Yeah, it's pretty funny because when the... D&D movie came out, people were, like, criticizing the tiefling for not looking tiefling enough. Even right, Even though, right. like, by definition, she looks exactly what they should be. Because yeah, they could says, look like any human. Yeah, it says their skin tones cover the full range of human coloration, but also include various shades of red. So, yeah, I think, like, the go-to kind of image of a tiefling is definitely just, like, a red devil man. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I like this. I like this. Um, So he'll he's a tiefling... Uh, or maybe he like comes back as a tiefling. Could be, and it's like a devil man. He made a deal with the devil mm. to come back. Could be, like he he made a pact and is like the devil's like the devil of jokes or comedy. I don't know. Yeah how how would this work? How would this work? I do like I do like that he's a tiefling, 
And okay, so it looks like the tiefling ability score changes is plus two charisma plus one int, which is fine. This probably isn't what I would pick if I was like power gaming. Unfortunately, that means my int won't go up to 18, which means I'm left with still 17, which is only a plus three to int for my modifier. But um, but if we're playing it at level six, you do get the bonus, uh, the ability score improvement too. Yeah, that's true. So so I would just okay, yeah, all right. This is okay. I'm gonna do a bunch of math here. So and explain my thinking. And if it's not interesting, we'll just cut it. Yeah. But basically, okay. So um, my approach to, or I mean, I guess like the the typical approach to rolling stats in D&D is you want to hit modifier increases, which is like for every two points over 10 that you have in a stat, you get an additional plus one bonus to rolls that use that stat. So if I had 12 strength, I would be at a plus one. And similarly, if I was only at 11 strength, I would still be at plus one. So like it, it doesn't matter how many points you have in until you reach those breaking points of two points increases exactly um so what i'm going to do here is my points my my stats right now are 8 13 14 14 15 16 so that means i can use my level four ability score increase to get the 16 to an 18 which is plus four Uh i can use the plus one wait hold on so but then oh no it doesn't matter because i have to do plus one int unless i do a variant which Uh fuck it let's not worry about that yes so that means that I would make, I would use the 15 for my int. It would be plus one from my racial bonus, and then I would add plus two to bring it to 18 with the level four bonus. Yep. So here we go. This is int, um, which means 16 is left. Uh, I would probably put that into dex or con. Uh, my AC is going to be shit anyways, so I would say con for concentration. Plus your AC will be done through magic mage armor. Yeah, anyways. exactly. So I'll have, I'll have something to cover it. AC is armor class, which is, like, basically how easy it is for you to get hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mages have usually, like, mage armor or something that will, like, bump it up slightly so that you aren't just, like, a guy in a robe getting yep. stabbed. Um, okay, so that leaves us with 8, 13, 14, 14. And... I think it's pretty clear that 8 is probably going to strength because you're not going to use it. Or uh, I could make this my charisma and then allow it to be, like, a flat. flat zero. That's fair, too. Yeah, let's do that because... Well, no. I mean, that kind of doesn't make sense. I want high charisma because... Your guy is going to be, like, rapping and also throwing out jokes. Right, because right? that's kind of, like, why... That's his sort of He could also just for... suck at it because he's not good at jokes. He's that only is, good at that rapping. That is also really funny. That yeah. is also really funny. Or, I mean, like, he... So, well, so he has really high int. So it would mean that he is just, like... He's, like, very sharp-witted, but he is just an asshole. Yes. Which I kind of love also. Um, asshole. So Sharp I'm going asshole. to uh, love them assholes, baby. <laughs> so, okay, we're going to do eight for our charisma, which is going to get bumped up to a 10 from our racial bonus. Yep. Uh, which leaves us with 13, 14, 14 for our dex, wisdom, wisdom and uh, strength. strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just like he so he's kind of like um pretty physically fit then. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna do this. Strength doesn't matter. I mean, so Tupac was pretty physically fit. I mean, Tupac was a buff ass dude. <laughs> Dex and wisdom. Yep. I yeah, mean. so pretty balanced. Yeah, pretty balanced. And yeah, so so this is like as I was saying, it's kind of fun to let the mechanical like min maxing sort of inform what kind of character you're gonna have. So like originally we we assumed that he was just gonna be like you know a really charismatic dude. Yeah. He's sharp tongued and he you know like can get people on his side mm-hmm. 
Um, but now is kind of a fun dynamic of like, well, his charisma's pretty average. Mm-hmm. So he comes off as more of like just a smart ass pompous dude. Yeah. Who like is probably he's pretty well built, right? He mm-hmm. has solid con, good strength, good decks, good wisdom. So I mean decent wisdom, decent strength, decent decks. Mm-hmm. So he's like probably like pretty physically fit. He's probably pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. Um well he's average looking probably with a charisma of ten. Yeah, well I don't know. I mean like I kinda like to think that charisma isn't just like you're either ugly or you're hot That's like fair. based on how much points you have because mm-hmm. like i used to think like that but then I, I realized that it was like kind of limiting true in terms of like what kind of characters you can make because like it's it's fun to imagine that he's like pretty hot and like really smart and he thinks that like the world is against him because he's just like too different or, oh. you know like, he's above everything but really like he's kind of just like an asshole yes yes um but then he like gets this quest mm-hmm. to go out and like change the world mm-hmm. And he kind of has to wrestle with that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And do you think he... So you were kind of touching on this. Did he reincarnate into a tiefling or was he always a tiefling? And he's just always been struggling with the fact that he has this quote-unquote demonic heritage and people ostracize him. Let's let's go with he was always a tiefling. So yeah. he's always been a tiefling. And obviously he was like ostracized because he probably grew up among, you know, like normal human like probably a major city yeah, like a where there's a lot of that going right. on. Yeah. You like you're never winters, your <laughs> other cities. Yep. Yep. Um, your Baldur's Gate or something. your Baldur's Gates. Yeah. Um, your Chicago's <laughs> exactly. Your Chicago's for sure. Um, of Chicago. Yeah. Your fantasy Chicago's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just fucking throw around some character backstory here. Um, yeah, you know, grew up in the city really took the sort of like abuse to heart in terms of people not accepting him for being a tiefling, for thinking that he, you know, was secretly evil, plotting to overthrow humanity, mm-hmm. um, kind of like grew up with a chip on his shoulder because of that. Uh, and let's so so this would all kind of lead up to how he dies, right? It's funny that like I love this creative process, and it's it's very interesting, kind of like running through it while speaking because we ended up with like a sort of backstory constraint that didn't really need to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, it doesn't matter if he died or not, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, he's just like a wizard dude and he has a book. Yeah. But it's funny because it's like, okay, well, how did he, like, we, we're like, we've decided that he died somehow and he, he was brought back. Yes. So. I think based off what your description of him is, he's just like this smart wit tongue. He just maybe said the wrong thing, dropped the wrong phrase a, a terrible rhyme in like a rap battle or whatever and it got him killed outside of the bar or something yeah yeah or maybe yeah pissed off the wrong king etc etc so i'm trying to think of like what what his what his new mission is right because i assume it would it would have to be something like something that is unique to him which is him being sort of like a lyricist yeah what do you think about this like he was spreading hate and like his he's he was screaming his anger and hatred into the world and into the mic and that got a lot of people yeah, into the mic right yeah into the mic and that got him a lot of flack and hatred and it got this twisted view of tieflings now he's brought back to change the view of tieflings by bringing joy and happiness oh. so he's now like what do you think something like that yeah it it would be really funny if it was just kind of like a like a literal demon from hell mm-hmm. just being like yeah you know demons are just misunderstood and i need you to go out there and fix that and kind shit. of correct the imagery yeah. yeah i know we like cater souls and stuff in the forgotten realms but also like we're just regular folk we have like day jobs too it's not right, like, right it's not right, our yeah. fault that like this is what we need to do to put food on the table i gotta go home to my wife and kids every day and yeah. they don't need that on them 
Yeah, just because I rule over the nine hells. Yeah, one day we want to go to the like mortal plane and everything, and just I just want to be able to go to a to go to a red lobster and not have people think I'm going to reap their souls or something. We don't all we're not all. I mean, I do reap souls, but. Not, not all demons are like that. Yeah, like I like when I'm off the clock, I just like enjoying my daytime. Like I like going out and throwing some frisbee and stuff. <laughs> I, I'll sling a disc. <laughs> yeah, you can sling discs in hell. Yeah, exactly. I think that's maybe like they're like, oh, we want you to be the voice and be like a good, rep- positive representation of our people. Yeah, I like that. I like that because there's a lot of ways you can go with it, mm-hmm. depending on what your DM likes, right? Because like it's it's just jokey enough that. If you wanted to, you could just kind of make it, you know, like a really whimsical, like, here you go, your 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 patron is like just this wacky, evil demon dad, mm-hmm. um, and he wants you to just go out there and, like, say good shit about tieflings and demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also kind of spin it in a way that's, like, weirdly morally gray, right? Because you're like, okay, well, this guy brought me back, and he wants me to basically, like, dole out cool propaganda about like actually evil people yes um yeah i think there's a lot of ways you can spin it Mm -hmm. and it's also very funny to just have like this demon talking to you through a book Mm -hmm. that is real and alive yeah it's very much alive yep i like that i like that okay so we kind of have the backstory we have like a little bit about their ideas and stuff we can probably go into a little bit more uh, another aspect of character creation is knowing like what skills they have. Like a wizard does come with like a set amount of weapons and oh, wait, hang throws. On. Do you want to do this first? Uh, well, okay. Let's save all the like the very crunchy mechanical stuff for last. We still have to figure out how this guy died. Okay. So I pitched the idea that he was rapping at like a club and then got shot in the alley because he said the wrong thing to the wrong people, or he got murdered by a king because he pissed off him with certain lyrics. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the way he died really isn't that important right because mm-hmm. because he just he gets brought back because he's he's like you know yeah honestly quick, that itself quick, could quick be a mystery that they the player has to True. learn as you go because a yeah. little vagueness there is always great for the dm because then you can play with it uh, it depends on the player and like if they want that availability for them but yeah okay yeah cool cool dm insight straight up like when a player gives me that opening you're inviting me to create your backstory for you it may not be what you want right but you leaving it open is telling me that i should be doing this not yeah, yeah. Unless you want to leave it blank, then you have to notify me ahead of time. There's, You need that communication between DM and player. Here, I think it would be really fun to just be like, I will twist it into something that you can solve as you progress through the campaign. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. No, I think leaving it open-ended is, is great. Um, it'll be kind of a mystery thing of like, you know, one day I, I went to do my usual routine at mm-hmm. the local tavern or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I woke up dead. Yeah. You woke up one day and... The devil's just like, hey, you gotta fix our reputation. Yeah, a little I need you bit. to go out there, put up, put up these posters, mm-hmm. say some good stuff. Yeah, and it's like a learning experience because he's like, I don't do comedy and stand up to bring like lightheartedness. I just rap about things that I hate and are angry about about the world. And you're like, you gotta right, 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 slowly evolve that and see how that is. Yeah, yeah cool, fun. I like that. I like okay. that. I think we have a solid thing. Like, does he have any, like... Oh, I've got a solid thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Bringing it back to dicks. Jesus. Okay, Anyways, well, what? I'm thinking about, like, uh, the ideals, the goals, and flaws. Because we know the goals that he's been assigned, which is that he wants to bring a better image for his people and the demon race. Is that a goal that he, also, he actually wants, or is that just a goal that someone has assigned to him? Yeah, no, I mean, like, 
the background of him kind of feeling misunderstood, it would definitely track that when he comes back, he kind of like feels vindictive Mm -hmm. and wants to kind of like prove everyone wrong, right? Like you were, you were wrong about me. You were wrong about us. Mm -hmm. And maybe he, it's sort of like a, uh, like sort of like punisher sort of dilemma where it's like, I, I want redemption and like, me doing these things is is like justified but then mm-hmm. he has to kind of overcome that or maybe it's just some dumb shit and he just raps and throws fireballs at people okay okay i mean i like the first part of that i think that was very fun i think that's a good goal to have as a character does he have any specific flaws that he deals with like it sounds like there's already one in the aspect of he just kind of says shit and pisses people yeah off. exactly like quick to anger very reserved emotionally like kind of puts up a wall mm-hmm. Um, doesn't let people close to him. And do you think um, addicted to cocaine? Is that really something? No, that no, just a drug no. And then lastly, do you think really he... in defeat? Not good with money. I mean, I mean, those are all solid personality traits to play off of if you want to use it. I think those are things that if you think about beforehand, really rounds out your character going into role playing. Does he, do you think he has any like specific ideals on what he does? Does he have like? Uh, does he like prefer charity? Is he secretly like very charitable? Does he l- uh, lust for power, or is he just like does he aspire for something specific? Yeah, I mean, I would say he probably has like a soft spot for like other people who are kind of like tossed away or misunderstood by society at large. Okay, cool. I think like those are essentially the main aspects of creating the background. Um, there are also a list of backgrounds you can use from the player's handbook that give you recommendations. They have like ideals, bonds, etc. that you can roll for, and yeah. some of them have special abilities and skills. But that's something for you to decide. Um, but yeah, other things that we kind of like are more crunchy on the end is just like picking what skills your character is good at, such as like nature, medicine, whatnot. Is there? Do you want to touch on that at all, or do you think that's something? Uh, I mean, like originally i didn't think that anybody would even find the character creation interesting so maybe we should just see it to completion yeah might as well we're already here halfway through we'll just we'll just finish it and if you guys don't like it we'll never do it again it's okay <laughs> yeah the podcast will be over <laughs> we're deleting it from spotify Jeez. okay yeah okay so what we have left basically is we got to roll our hit points which is probably ignore whatever that. We'll yeah that. yeah um we have proficiencies, which also kind of doesn't really matter. Well, I don't know. Like, what kind of weapon would he use if he had a weapon at all? Um, I mean, he has daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaff, and light crossbows. Yeah, I, I have a pretty good... I have a pretty good... Uh... I could see him using his uh, pen as a dagger, and he's just like... Oh, stabbing people with a yeah. pen. The pen is mightier than a sword. Yeah. I kind of like just giving him... Uh, I definitely... I'm into the crossbow. Mm. That's a look. I'm um, just a dude with like a big book and like a sling crossbow cro- over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a, a light vibe. crossbow. It's small. Yep. Mm-hmm. It could be like he's just. Carrying... Well, it's still like the full two-handed crossbow. Oh, is it's that not like a hand crossbow? Oh, it's just okay. it's just like not like a heavy one. So don't sa- question my armory knowledge, boy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So and then he has a saving throw of intelligence, wisdom, and then his skills. What skills do you want for your wizard? Right. Uh, okay, so th- this actually gets crunchier because uh, I also get skills from background, mm-hmm. but fuck it. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll just say you can pick two from background and we'll say it's a custom background. For yeah, you. I think I think what, what people would be more interested in if they don't like play D&D and they, this is kind of like a learning experience for them would be like what goes into the sort of thought process of choosing what skills to be proficient in. True. What does it mean? Um, so yeah, so wizards, they get to choose, when you choose to become a wizard, 
It's not it's every, always a choice. It's not all. Yeah, I mean, some um, well, sometimes a big, a large man just shows up to your house and tells you you're a wizard. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's how it happens in D and D. True. So you can choose from uh, Arcana, History, Insight, Investigation, Medicine, and Religion. Um, there's like there's like a big list of of skills where basically it's like the skill dictates uh, you you make a check with a dice using your sort of like bonus from that skill. So mm-hmm. like. Um, just a quick example for Arcana, if I was trying to figure out like what some kind of mysterious rune or sigil means that I find in the wild or in a dungeon or something. Yeah, or any kind of magical like mist, maybe it would be considered like Arcana. Right. And I wanted to figure out what it is. Daniel might say something like this. It's like, why don't you make an Arcana check? Shut the fuck <laughs> up, man. I do what I want. Tell me, tell me what the rune means. What does it mean? <laughs> Off your base stats, uh, which your intelligence is really high, it means that you fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. And then usually this point in the game is where I have to start getting physically violent to get what I want. So I might like brandish a blunt object, um, go to the kitchen, gesture towards the knives. <laughs> let him just let him know I know like what my options are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, anyways, yeah. Not real. <laughs> or is it? Uh, yeah, we have a very toxic relationship here. We're extremely adversarial on this podcast, as you know. Um, yeah, okay, so so he'll tell me to roll Arcana, which means I roll a d20, I take the result of that roll, um, 20-sided dice, d20, I take the result of that roll, say it's, you know, I roll like a 10, and if I choose to be proficient in Arcana, if I choose one of my two proficiencies as Arcana, that means I add my proficiency bonus, um, which at level 6 is plus 3, that's just like a bonus number, that increases as you level up, and then I would add uh, my ability ability score in intelligence which is what uh dictates arcana plus four in this case for you because you decided to go to 18 yeah so i would have 18 intelligence so i would add plus three from proficiency plus four from uh my ability score so that's total plus seven so i would have rolled a 17 on that check yes um a brief uh understanding of how D &D works which you probably should have done in the beginning too yeah yeah. so you roll dice and you get violent that's D. (laughs) So, so yeah um so as as this wizard though i so usually i actually just for skills, I I don't really do like min max for skills because I I kind of don't care that much about like mm-hmm. what I'm especially good at, unless it's like core to my character, you yes, know, like yes. that investigator character. I got high perception and in investigation, sure. yeah. Um, for this character, um, he he doesn't really feel like someone because it, it's funny to me, like the fact that it's like literally a magic book mm-hmm. kind of makes me feel like. Well, I mean, I guess he's also really intelligent though. Yeah. Um, I think he's. The guy who's like super book smart, he knows a lot about the world, and that's yeah. why he can rap and rhyme and like yeah, drop I kinda, mad puns. I like that he's like a very good writer, and then one day his book of be it jokes, be it lyrics, be it a story mm-hmm. comes to life, and then that he like channels magic through his sort of like creativity and his knowledge, not necessarily like studying magic. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes him feel more like a sorcerer, but I guess in this case it, it kind of doesn't matter. You can flavor it however you want. Yeah. Up to your DM, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, so in this case, he, he probably wouldn't know a lot about Arcana, but he would definitely know, like, history. Um, and I would probably go with Insight as well. Mm, or actually, I don't know, his, his charisma's pretty bad. Maybe he would, but I don't know if he would, like, really know a lot about religion either. I mean, Insight's more about wisdom. But, I mean, I feel like he could know a lot about religion, because I think of him as, from what you're explaining to me, as a character... He does actually have, like, a deity with him. Yeah, almost. who just yeah. kind of, like, knows a lot about the world and uses right. it. And he's just like, I'm right. so smart. Why don't you guys get it? I'm trying to tell you in this song, and then you shot me. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
Or bars, like bars, nice bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I'd probably choose history and religion. I think those are both intelligence-based. Mm-hmm. And it could be Arcana. Maybe that's why he's good at spells. It's just like he studied a lot of magic and he turned them into raps and then that's True. how he casts. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of nice to have like a, a sort of narrative reason for mm-hmm. why your character is good at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe like if I chose Arcana, I would say like, you know, the book kind of guides me into being able to like read magical stuff better even though I don't have that background. Yeah. Kind of fun. And knowing that, like if you pick like Arcana and history, often... To be, like, blunt, a lot of games that people play in, they don't use specifically intelligence stats because they're kind of hard to implement. Most stats that... Oh, DMs, right, yeah. It's hard to play a smart person. Yeah, it's hard to play a smart person, and it's even harder for a DM to be like, oh, yeah, here's the history of this world that right. you just suddenly discovered. And some people sometimes don't care. But if I see that someone pick that, I'm like, okay, I have to, like, write a little bit about the lore of the world. Why is this dungeon here? Why does this king exist? And if you're trying to remember oh, what do I know about this king? I was like, history check. Okay, he is actually the son of this previous noble who usurped the previous king, and I'll try to have something there for the players so mm-hmm. they don't feel like they picked something and it was wasted. You know? Right, right. Same right. with the Arcana. Definitely the runes is a great option there. Even if it's like a door's locked, and now it's magically locked, and his Arcana helps guide the rogue in picking it, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for like the history example, um, like... A, a good way to kind of like implement that would be to sort of hide the answer to like a puzzle or like the location of something behind a history check. So you'd be like, oh, you know, like where would this thing be hidden? Mm-hmm. You know, like make a history check. You can, you can kind of tell like based on how these people operated mm-hmm. in the past, like this is how they might have uh, yeah. hidden it, taken I, it somewhere. I would err on the side of caution in locking any uh, required story progression behind a dice check. But I think that's an option of like providing a tip. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, um, you need to find this old uh, assassination group that is targeting the king in this particular adventure. Try to use a history check. Okay, you remember yeah. What do you know they, about their you know order the operandum? You know, yeah. like their mo's, et cetera, et cetera. And there's some examples there. Yeah, but I mean, anyways, I, that's like pretty much everything with character creation, right? I don't think. We yeah, we have any- like equipment and stuff, but you know, that's that's always sort of like up to the DM and and you. For sure, for sure. Yeah. No one has to know what's in my bag. <laughs> fair, fair. But yeah, I think, like, how do you feel about this character you created? What are your thoughts behind it? Was the process pretty similar to what you actually do? Yeah, this is this is my first time kind of locking in and just making a wizard. Um, and it's funny because even doing that, I still kind of gravitated away from just, like, being a wizard wizard. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, a guy that falls into being a wizard. But yeah, no, I... um. It feels pretty similar, like, in terms of, like I said earlier, it's it's interesting doing this process and then narrating it because I realize a lot of stuff about, like, how I approach navigating, designing something via a lot of constraints, like creative constraints. Um, yeah, I think uh, it, it's pretty similar, pretty similar to, to what I usually do when I when I make characters. Mm-hmm. Except obviously having someone to bounce ideas off of is, is also like, a faster way to arrive at conclusions rather mm-hmm. than just, like, having to take a shower and sleep on it, which is <laughs> yeah. usually what happens. That's why we have to shower together to make it work. Yes, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, and it doubles the efficiency. Well, quadruples the efficiency mm-hmm. because not only am I showering, I'm also bouncing thoughts off of you while in the shower. Yeah, and I'm scrubbing your back to speed up the showering so yes. it even goes in faster. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Really opening up my pores up to absorb the creativity. Yeah, for sure. This is kind of, like, a good example of why, like, having all your players together for character creation for a zero session can really not only speed up the process, but to kind of help each person 
tie each other to the story, develop ideas for their character, their bonds and flaws, why they relate, and like kind of pitch things to each other. It's like, oh, doesn't this sound cool? Would you right. like your character to do this? Have we talked about, did we talk about this in the last episode? Um, sort of like why zero sessions are good. Uh, I always talk about why they're good, but yeah, okay. Because well, I mean, especially in the context of character creation, it's like I mentioned earlier, like at the beginning of the episode, like mm-hmm. I always base my decisions off of what other people are playing. Correct. Because like probably the most fun part of role playing in D anD D for me is like you know managing character dynamics like mm-hmm. between party members. Um, yeah, and and doing a zero session can be a great way to kind of agree on like here's the kind of character I want to play, and here's how he would mesh or become a foil for your character because like yeah okay I I definitely remember bringing up I remember we talked about this on the podcast because I remember feeling sad that I couldn't come up with cooler character archetypes <laughs> than like knight guy and rogue guy but yeah like maybe you're playing a knight guy and your friend's playing a rogue guy and you want to decide like hey we're going to be adversarial but I don't want it to be weird when mm. we role play so let's kind of like talk about what our characters might feel about each other yeah and as players you guys can agree on whether or not you want that dynamic first before just like jumping in the tables like I wanted to do this I yeah. didn't know this was happening why are we fighting as people and then you exactly, get really confused yeah. right uh, save I'm- yourself a few trips to the hospital mm-hmm. yeah yeah, knife block doesn't have to be used, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, right, right. But, I mean, overall, like, zero sessions are great. They can't always happen, especially if you're running a game on the fly. But given the opportunity, always do them. That's what I always advocate for. Yep. Um, anyways, hit them up on the Discord. Make your group chat. Exactly. And you know what else you can hit us up on? You can hit us up on Twitter at one shot at a time. The transition's so clean! Yeah! And you can also email us any prompts that you have for us for this season at one shot at a time cast at gmail.com. You can also let us know if this was episode was helpful. If you want to see more, you want to see Daniel create more wacky characters like Tupac, Fourpac, and Six Yeah, Pac. you want to see me patronize dead rappers. <laughs> definitely hit me up man (laughs) yes but as always we do ask that if you have any friends that like dungeons and dragons or just like two daniels definitely pass on this podcast word of mouth is the best way to help us out you can pass on information about the podcast but definitely don't pass on the podcast yes definitely do not pass don't pass like tupac did (laughs) all right that's enough (laughs) actually getting rude okay but yeah like word of mouth definitely helps us out the most we don't pay to advertise this and it really helps also if you're on spotify apple or wherever you're listening leave us a five-star review also nice little extra boost for those metrics right you're a wizard daniel